Welcome back to another episode of Ravens Recap. This time we're going to look at the defense. We're going to look at some of the uh, position groups on the defense and see what are some potential draft targets the Ravens are going to go after. I don't know about you guys, but I think edge for me, you know, whether it's outside linebacker or defensive end, I think some of these guys are probably the most intriguing out of all the position groups in the draft this year and for the Ravens' need. Uh, what do you guys think? Any uh, Any position groups that jump out to you? I think this is a really intriguing draft class for Edge. There's a lot of guys there, um, and we certainly have a lot of guys listed here. And it's obviously a big area of need for the Ravens, so I wouldn't be shocked if the Ravens draft two players from this position, honestly, in this coming draft. The Ravens are remarkably young on offense, and where they're young on offense, they lack some of that youthfulness on defense. I think the Ravens are going to be smashing defensive players in the middle of the draft. Uh, even at the top, they could definitely use their number one pick on a defensive player. But I think you're going to see a lot of drafting in this side of the ball coming up. And uh, it's time to replace some players that we lost in free agency, fill some holes that existed last year that were just not as deep in, and get younger as well. So very interested to talk about the defense. Yeah, all right. Well, I guess we can get right to it. So let's start with the outside linebacker defensive end group. So... Um, I spent a good bit of time looking at some tape on these guys, and I, I guess how I looked at it, there's probably three groups that I would classify these guys in. So I'd have the edge defensive end hybrid guys. So these are going to be the larger guys, the so six three, six four, six five, you know, probably two hundred and sixty to you know, two hundred and seventy pounds. They're going to be the larger players who probably are going to be stronger against the run. Probably going to play a lot more of that defensive end but they you know might have enough quickness to be able to go outside and and play some uh shallow zones or something like that so that's the first group the second group i'd say we have our coverage players are kind of sam rush linebackers uh kind of hybrids who you know are, are probably a little bit more undersized when we look at the previous position group maybe around 250 260 maybe max um, but they really specialize in in playing coverage. Uh, so there's a couple names that I have on that list. And then a couple of guys as well for the undersized, you know, you're going to have like 230, 240, but they are speed rushers. And there's one or two guys here I think that might be interesting. So I, I'll say off the top, uh, the two most interesting guys, if we're talking about talent. So I, I think the the two guys that are on a lot of the top of people's boards, Quiddy Pay from Michigan is probably one of the guys who a lot of people are talking about. He falls in that edge defensive end hybrid category. From the tape that I looked at him, he's a pretty good run defender. I think he sheds his blocks pretty well, and he's got some crazy lateral quickness uh, just to move around some guys. Sometimes he does have some trouble getting off some blocks, but you know, you look at some of the highlights from him, and, and he just looks like a, a crazy large, crazy fast player. So he's an interesting, and this may be a little controversial. Another guy who I'd say is probably on the top in terms of talent, uh, Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Now, the big knock against him is that I think a lot of teams don't even know if he's going to play a down in the NFL. He's had a lot of problems with injuries, particularly concussions. In fact, doctors basically advised him not to play. Uh, so he took a year off, then transferred to Miami to play for another year. Um, but then he had some uh, pretty good highlights from that year. But we really don't know about him. But if you just look at the tape uh, from Phillips, it's amazing. One of the better players in this draft. But uh, it's, it's a big risk, and I'm not sure if the Ravens are going to be able to take it. Another guy, too, a teammate of Jalen Phillips. So Gregory Rousseau is another guy who's kind of shooting up draft boards a little bit. 
I gotta be honest, I don't know if you guys have seen the highlights on him or not, but um, I I don't I don't really love him. So he's another one of those guys, the bigger guys. I, I don't have a weight for him here, but I want to say he's probably two seventy or something. Um, he's a very large guy, good athlete. But to be honest, he like you look at some of the the, the tape between a guy like Quiddy Pay or Jalen Phillips and Gregory Rousseau. Rousseau looks slow, in my opinion. He just doesn't have that lateral quickness to really. Uh, get around some guys. He's got some strength, but to be honest, some of the plays I saw, it's just like, it looked like he kind of fell into the play. It didn't really look like he was going after guys. It makes me a little surprised when I see, you know, him being mocked in like the mid first round. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I guess he's got some of the size that you might covet, but it seems like a stretch to me. There are definitely some guys in in some of these other categories who who wow me more, but Russo is definitely not one of those guys. Yeah, I agree. I looked at a little bit of his tape, and I took kind of the same takeaway that you did with Rousseau. Um, so he's actually a little bit of a, of a taller guy, 6'7", um, 265, though, so a little little leaner than than Pay. But if the Ravens pick him, I, I think you got a little bit of a worry that he might be like another Courtney Upshaw type, you know, just that if he's struggling with the speed at the college level, you know, that could really d- doesn't bode well for the NFL level. So maybe he's a guy the Ravens would take a flyer on, but I agree. I mean, where he's supposed to be drafted, I you want to feel a little more confident about him if the Ravens were going to go that way. Yeah, I, I liked when you said that you didn't like uh, Rousseau, Chris, because, um, again, Ravens Twitter, for some reason, kept you know licking their chops at him, and I didn't quite get it. So uh, I feel I feel validated. <laughs> good uh i guess I, I yeah i guess i play the contrarian that's that's fine <laughs> um yeah um I mean, two, two other guys who i think would be kind of interesting i i would say kind of fall in the same category of these edge defensive end hybrids um two names that have maybe been linked to the ravens carlos basham out of wake forest and, and jason away out of penn state um you know other guys who you know in my opinion they don't they don't excite me as much as a guy like quitty pay uh, or Jalen Phillips, to be honest. Um, but honestly, you know, Basham in particular, I thought had a pretty good motor from his tape. Uh, he's a guy who definitely excites me a lot more than Russo. You know, there's some knocks on him as to, you know, how his skills are going to be able to translate, whether he's going to be able to consistently win at the point of attack and off blocks, things like that. But he's some, you know, if the Ravens are still going to stick at, you know, 27, 28, or, you know, maybe they even trade back a little bit and he's available, I, I wouldn't be upset with that pick. I think it might be a good one. But uh, yeah, out of out of this position group, I think if if Pay were to drop to the Ravens, I would take that pick immediately. <laughs> he's he's a guy who definitely excites me. Uh, one of the highlights actually from him was uh, a nice tackle of tackle for loss of, of J.K. Dobbins a few years ago, and so uh, you know Dobbins he, he kept uh, it was a almost like a highlight from Dobbins too because you could see him trying to get out. He kept his legs turned and he was just like trying to get around, but. <laughs> Fortunately, Pay wasn't going to uh, let that happen, and uh, it was a nice tackle for loss. He, he won that play, but uh, Quiddy Pay is uh, number one ranked as far as uh, PFS Big Board goes for edge defenders at twenty-two. Uh, so it definitely be a person that would have to fall a little bit to the Ravens. But like we said, given the fact that a lot of uh, quarterbacks are going to go, a lot of tackles are going to go, there's definitely a chance that um, he could fall to us. Even though uh, edge is typically a a highly coveted and early drafted position. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, let me name a few more names here. So um, 
let's go to the like this rush coverage players. So uh, I think there are two guys, at least to me, that that really are kind of the top of people's boards. So Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa, I think, is the main one. And honestly, you look at his tape and you kind of question: Is he even an edge player? He looks a lot more like a will uh, projected to be a will player in the NFL team. I, I almost never saw him rush the quarterback. Almost always was playing in coverage. But that being said, I think he's a very good coverage player. Five interceptions, 25 tackles for loss as well, uh, just over three years. Also, seven and a half sacks. It's not too bad. You know, if the Ravens didn't already have somebody like that in Tyus Bowser, I'd say it might not be a bad pick. I just, I'm not entirely sure if the Ravens would go there, given that they have Queen and they have Harrison. Collins, to me, he really looked like he would slot in above Harrison if they wanted to make that pick. Another guy, though, who... Honestly, I think it excites me a lot more. Joseph Osai out of uh, University of Texas, I believe. I was really, really excited when I watched this guy's tape. You know, unlike Collins, I think he played a lot more at that outside linebacker position, played a lot more on the line. But Osai has a, he has a motor. You just look at him and he's just, he is relentless, never stop chasing the quarterback. There were just some tremendous plays that he had to be able to chase some guys down and be able to make the play. But not only that, I mean, he had some pretty good plays and coverage as well. So to me, he's almost like a Zayvon Collins late, uh, but a little bit better as far as pass rush is concerned. And I mean, if you look at some of the numbers here, he had the same number of sacks as Quiddy Pay with more tackles for loss uh, in his college career. So to me, if you know, if, if the Ravens are looking for you know somebody who might be able to fill that role uh, that was vacated when Judon left. I would really take a flyer in Osai in the late first, uh, probably early second round if he's still available. Yeah, Osai in, in a lot of ways reminds me of kind of a throwback outside linebacker that the Ravens used to be able to draft every year, it seemed. I agree that his energy really shows on tape, and I could see him being a, a very strong pass rusher at the NFL level. Certainly, if he falls to the Ravens, I think that would be a great pick for them as an edge rusher. Yeah, I like everything you said about Osai. Uh, if you looked at him on PFF, he was able to uh, consistently earn an 80.5 as a pass rushing player and an 81.1 as a run defense. Just an overall solid player. And uh, yeah, Chris, like you said, Zayvon Collins actually listed by PFF as a just linebacker. It looks like they're definitely considering him more as just inside linebacker or will, like you were saying. And um they had him ranked as the 35th player on their board. So um, he might just be like an awkward place for the Ravens to draft. You know, I'd, I'd be shocked if they drafted a player like him with that kind of draft capital. Osai at 60 makes a lot more sense. Um, I think he'd be a little bit of a stretch at edge, uh, considering how many players people might be uh, putting ahead of him. But I could definitely see him in the second, making a lot of sense. Uh, and that'd line up a lot with uh, Bowser, right? So that's that's where we drafted him. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, th- I think if I had to choose, I'd probably go one of those uh, edge players first if they were available. Uh, but Osai, if if the Ravens were, you know, sitting there at the end of the first round and nobody they wanted was left there and they trade back the early second, Osai is definitely somebody who I would target. If the Ravens pick Quiddy Pay at their first pick and then in the second round drafted Osai, would you be worried at all about? 
offense because they didn't get that wide receiver or did you just be so excited about that <laughs> I think I think there's a zero percent chance that happens to be honest um, why one, <laughs> well I mean one pay would have to fall a lot I think um, you know it, it, it does depend what where other teams want to make their play but I do think pay is going to be one of the first players taken in the draft you know some people do have Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia um, we haven't gotten to him yet but he's probably the best pure pass rusher in this draft um, definitely undersized but I mean you look at his tape and it's extremely exciting so you know he he might be a name who could be the first person off the board but if 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 pay is not but uh, pay is probably the second or third uh, at, at worst I think and then Osai potentially you know might be there at the end of the second but I would have to think he'd probably go and and probably the early second, but let's let's take that anyway and say you know even even if it is possible for the Ravens to pick both, I would be extremely excited about that. Um, I wouldn't be super worried just because I know the Ravens already have a bunch of young talent at receiver. While yes, it, it would have been nice to probably pick one up. I don't think it's the end of the world. I agree with you. I think I'd be a little disappointed if they don't because like then we'll definitely have to um, fall in love with the guy we already have. I mean, they, if they got two quality players like that on defense that really like makes them younger on defense, uh, it'd be hard to complain. All right, so moving on to probably, if we're looking at the defensive side of the ball, the position second need would be the defensive line. Ravens got Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf coming back with longtime starter Brandon Williams, but all three of those guys are over 31 years of old, or at least 31 years of old. I think, what's Brandon, is Brandon Williams 31 this year? 32. Okay. So all three of those guys are over 31 years old. So while, you know, you're, you're looking at that this year and you're like, they're going to need to be spelled a bit. We got Justin Matabuke, who's been, was excellent his rookie year. Justin Ellis is serviceable. The Ravens are probably going to draft at least one guy, maybe two here. And you got a couple guys they could look at. Uh, maybe a guy who's going to go a little earlier so the Ravens won't, maybe not tire him, is Alim McNeil out of NC State. This guy is exactly what you want out of a defensive tackle. He's excellent against both the run and the pass. Best PFF-graded defensive tackle against the run in college football last year. And despite the fact that he doesn't really have a go-to pass rush move at this point in his career, produced really strong pass rush grades the past two seasons. But again, if he falls to the Ravens, that would be really shocking. A and B, the Ravens probably wouldn't might not go there because if we talked about there's other needs that they're looking at. Some other guys to look at, uh, Osa Odeguizwa, possibly. I probably butchered that out of UCLA. 6'2", 280 pounds. This is a guy who really st- stood out at the Senior Bowl. We know that the Ravens love those guys. Um, and there was one highlight in particular he had where um, he just put on a brutal spin move on the guard, just spun to the middle and had a insanely clear lane to the quarterback that was a really exciting play to see and he's, he's also a guy who could fall because um due to where he the scheme at ucla um he never really played in the ideal uh position for his skill set he kind of had to fit into what they were doing there uh, so there's some questions as to what his full potential could be so he's a guy who might be a late round guy that the ravens could target another guy who's intriguing is levi on zurich out of Washington, 6'3", 293 pounds. The problem with Levi is he's kind of a one-trick pony. Uh, he's incredibly explosive off the line of scrimmage. That being said, if he loses at 
after that, then he's kind of done. He's kind of just one move, and that's all he has at the moment. And when he went, had to go against Oregon's uh, offensive line last season, which is a very pro-style offensive line, uh, really struggled there. So he's a guy who's intriguing because of his explosiveness, but really not an all-around talent. And then another guy that the Ravens could look at, Tyler Shelvin out of LSU, 6'3", 350 pounds, absolute monster. He's going to be an instant run defender at the next level. Doesn't bring much to the table from a pass rushing perspective, but I mean, you know, if you look at the Ravens had with Matabuke, you know, he's a guy who can get after the quarterback. So maybe getting a guy like Shelvin, who's much more of a run defender, might be a move that they want to go with. You also got to look at this guy as a concern um, when it comes to his weight. Before he opted out of the 2020 season, he allegedly weighed at, at 375, which is 25 pounds higher than his playing weight. But, you know, the Ravens have had that guy before with Michael Pierce, infamously. Pierce, what was a couple seasons ago, came into training camp insanely out of shape, but the Ravens were able to get him ready and he had an excellent season. So um, that's something the Ravens, their track record, they've been able to work with that. So those are some some of the guys I saw. I didn't research this list as extensively as I should have, probably. So there are other guys out there, (laughs) but... um, these guys, I think, are each of them has some characteristics that are things that the Ravens look at in the defensive line position historically. Yeah, I'll be really interested to see who the Ravens, uh, well, you know, if and, and who the Ravens take a flyer on. It, it's definitely something where we don't have a whole lot of young talent behind these vets coming in. So, you know, really, in my opinion, they could go in any direction here. They could get somebody who has a little bit more pass rush moves, maybe needs to develop a little bit more run defense, or they could go get another run stuffer. I think, you know, either one of those options would be valuable to the Ravens as depth. Certainly interesting players. Uh, Most of these guys will be gone by the third round. Maybe we'll reach the fourth uh, with the later two guys. Interestingly enough, both Levi Owen Zurich and Tyler Shelvin opted out last year so that could negatively uh impact them you know recency bias have them fall down some lists but i imagine there's going to be nfl teams that are trying to game that and maybe that won't actually occur so curious to see how those guys fall um ali mcneil's really interesting to me uh it seems like he might be available for us in the first maybe in the second that's a big maybe it seems like He's a nose tackle, so he'd definitely be gunning for the Brandon Williams role, which obviously I think will eventually be needed. And, uh, you know, if he's able to rush the passer and, you know, stuff the run, uh, that's an extremely interesting talent set because we know that the number one way to make your defense much more lethal is having an inside pass rush. If you're a defensive tackle, can pass rush, like, that can really be a huge mismatch for teams and uh, electrify a defense. So he could definitely go a little higher than this PFF grade of 48 because of that. One position group that I was extremely interested in uh, was the slot corner. As you all can remember, Tavon Young uh, got injured yet again last year, only lasted a game and a half. And um, at this point, I think the Ravens, uh, you know, obviously would love to have Tavon back at, level he was playing at before but we can't bet on that and with his injury history you just want to have a a slot corner again on this team so i think they'll be looking to draft 
uh, this kind of player. The nice thing about it is they don't need to draft them high. Uh, this is something they can definitely look at in the mid rounds and satisfy uh, exceptionally well. Probably the number one slot corner in this year's draft is Sean Wade, Ohio State, 6'1", 195. Super smooth in coverage, quick, uh, and is comfortable in the slot. And the, the nice thing about him, too, is that he's very disciplined and actually um, can be an effective blitzer and uh, edge setter from that slot position. He's very comfortable there. He played a lot of that in college, so I think he could naturally slide right in. Elijah Molden is an interesting player, too, out of Washington, 5'10", 192. He may be a little bit more under the radar. Definitely uh, uses his football IQ and overall ball skills to get after the ball. Uh, I think he's more of a, a threat from that perspective than Wade. But the problem with him is he's a smaller guy, only 29.5-inch arms, and he lacks the length in press coverage, uh, which could be a very big concern at the next level, particularly with some of these very quick slot guys, very able to get that kind of separation. Um, and he definitely could use some time in the weight room. A boom-bust player, in my opinion, would be Kerry Vincent out of LSU, 5'10", 185. He has really good ball skills and is super aggressive, and however, that can get him beat in the double move. So... Um, I think he'll take some coaching in order to really play well. Um, you know, if he has the instincts like uh, Marcus Peters, uh, you know, that, the aggressiveness could be worth it, but definitely a, a swing player there. Yeah, I think, you know, with the current state of the cornerback room for the Ravens, uh, this might be a good year to take a, a risk on a guy like Vincent. Peters is a guy who... You know, this this could be his last year in Baltimore, and if, if it's not, he's not going to have that many more. Um, so then when he's gone, Humphrey is obviously really good with fumbles but doesn't get interceptions as much. So a guy who, you know, can get you a lot of interceptions potentially is intriguing for the Ravens to take a roll of the dice on. I mean, let's also not forget that when Humphrey came out of college, the big knock on him was that, he was going to get burned deep all the time. And obviously he's been shut down during his uh, pro career. So not saying that necessarily Vincent's going to be able to fix that, but it's not unprecedented. So another position that the Ravens could address during this draft is the safety position. Um, We've talked a lot about how Clark and Elliott are both really solid players. Both of them bring some really strong things to this team, but both of them have some limitations to their game, uh, particularly with being able to really be true cover safeties who can go sideline to sideline and cover the whole field. And there's a couple intriguing guys in this draft class who uh, can do that. One of them is Jamar Johnson from Indiana. He's very rangy safety. He can cover deep, also can cover the slot. Some scouts are projecting that he would actually be a slot corner at the next level. Does need to improve his tackling, but as a coverage guy, that's a really good direction the Ravens could go. Another guy who's described as a ball hawk is Richie Grant out of UCF. Really stood out at the Senior Bowl with uh, man-to-man skills. Um, there are a lot of scouts who were saying that uh, his performance there was a lot more reminiscent of what you would expect from top cornerbacks than a safety. Uh, so that's definitely really intriguing. And also a really strong run defender. So that's a, a guy the Ravens could look at. And then one other guy is uh, Christian Uphoff out of Illinois State. There are some questions there about, you know, the competition level that he played at. Uh, While he did do 
excellent there. There's always going to be questions when you're coming out of a smaller school, but you don't really need to look that far. You can look at last year. Jeremy Chin was drafted by Carolina, had a really strong season for them, including that game against Minnesota where he had those two fumbles late. Uh, intriguing thing about Uphoff is he's showed a lot of really good skills in covering the tight end position in college. That's always something that the Ravens are looking for is guys who can do that. Now, he is a little bit inconsistent as a tackler and takes odd angles towards the ball. Uh, so that's something that would need to be coached up if the Ravens do go his way. Definitely some intrigue there with Uphoff. Man, looking at some of these players, um, these kind of players are making me want to trade down from the first round pick, uh, particularly if a wide receiver we fancy is not available at that spot because we're seeing so many guys in this second round that could be really valuable, particularly on defense. that just sort of like tantalizing. Um, Richie Grant is a really interesting player. If the Ravens went that direction, um, it seems like he overall has a solid game uh, and maybe nothing's necessarily elite about him, but um, I think he would be able to really give some depth at that position and maybe even allow for the Joker to play more of a dime role. Uh, not that I'm like actively trying to get him off the field, but uh, you know, if you have three of those uh, high quality safeties with Chuck Clark, that's an element that the Ravens lacked last year and is critical from the bring back the dime. Yeah, I think that's a great observation. Um, I think we're certainly not saying that if the Ravens go safety, it's to replace Clark or Elliott um, at all. It's really how do they find a guy who can complement what those guys do and kind of fill in some of the gaps and, like you said, allow them to play some packages that they can't right now because they don't have the personnel. I will say I don't think the Ravens need a draft this high up for the dime position. I think if you're going for a guy uh, at this level, um, they're looking for them to possibly be a starter or uh, be just an impact player they can't resist. Um, I think you can definitely find this dime back later in the draft and be very effective as well. All right. Chris, do you want to go first? Because you said you you sounded like you had someone in mind. Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, I really like uh, Joseph Osai. My only question, I think, is whether the Ravens like him as much as I do. I feel like the only guy I could I could see um, realistically, if the Ravens want to take in the first round, you know, or maybe they trade back in the second at edge, if they want to take somebody over Osai, would probably be Carlos Basham. Um, like I said, he's he's another kind of like high motor guy. He's good at the run, uh, can rush the passer as well. He's got some flaws, but overall, I think he's a pretty solid player. I just think he fits the mold of what the Ravens are looking for. Um, at the prototypical like outside linebacker defensive end hybrid kind of role uh, whereas Osai is like just doesn't have doesn't have the body type that we usually go for so if, if it weren't for Osai I definitely would say Basham. I think for me I think if Tyler Shelvin is available in the third round um, he makes a lot of sense for the Ravens kind of like a fit that Michael Pierce role and I think in the future could pair really well with with Matabuke. Yeah defensive line is definitely a, a place that I would want to pick because i think they're going to go uh i mean let at least one but probably two i would be uh least surprised if they went for two linemen this year of any position group to double up on maybe tackle would be next but uh yeah defensive line for sure uh i'll go ahead and, and stick with one of the guys i researched directly and i'm gonna go with uh elijah molden because he he could fit both as a slot corner and as a safety and i know i've I've seen some of Ravens uh, Twitter not really want to spend capital on a tweener 
that way. They want more of a slot corner uh, than a guy who can play both roles. But I'm not necessarily of that opinion, uh, particularly given the fact that, like we talked about earlier, I think the Ravens roster is pretty loaded and uh, it's going to be hard to find spots for all these draft picks. Um, you know, as I say, like, oh, I'd love them to trade back. Uh, it, it's it's hard pressed for me to know who they're going to cut in order to make this 53-man roster. I think the Ravens have lots of really quality depth uh, and they're just trying to add to it at this point and, and maybe find a guy with some upside that can uh, leverage them to the next level or fill in nicely if uh, an injury occurs or more so when an injury occurs. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that, Elijah Molden. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode of Ravens Recap. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If there are any names out there of, of guys you're interested in that we didn't talk about, please let us know. Uh, send us over a tweet at uh, our Twitter account, uh, at Ravens underscore recap, or send us an email at feedback at ravensrecap.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're getting excited. There's only about two weeks left until the NFL draft, and we get to figure out if any of these names we talked about are going to be on the Ravens. Uh, fingers crossed one of them is going to be. Yeah, I think at least one of them has to, right, guys? <laughs> That'd be so disappointing if not. <laughs>